You're listening to How She Creates. I'm your host, Lauren Hooper. This podcast is for the curious, the wanderer and the wanderers, the playful and the joyful. Every week, we're going to explore how to design a life full of creativity and whimsy. Now let's get curious and go explore something. This episode of How She Creates is sponsored by Studio. Studio creates headphones that are both high-tech and fashionable for creatives who are on the go like you and me. Studio is emphasizing modern Scandinavian design with their products, but also providing quality that matches even the highest rated headphones on the market for just a fraction of the cost. And they are offering our How She Creates listeners a 15% discount when you use the code HSC15 to grab your new favorite pair of wireless headphones. Hi friend, close your eyes and imagine this with me. You wake up slowly to the light dancing on the lake. You make your way downstairs and all your friends are drinking their coffee, chatting on the deck overlooking the lake, and some are doodling in their journals. You all make your way down to the dock where you wake up and prepare for the day with an hour of yoga, stretching, and connecting with your creative center. Then you eat a delicious and nutritious breakfast on the deck prepared for you by your very own private chef. You then move back down to the lake arms full of art supplies, and you paint that light on the water. You capture the details of the trees and the way the water moves. Your art teacher is there to offer suggestions and ideas to help you bring your scene to life. You learn a new blending technique that gets you excited to try later on in your journal. Once your painting is done, you have another beautiful meal cooked for you and you enjoy time spent chatting with your friends about creativity and your goals and laughing at inside jokes. After lunch, you have a photography class where you learn to take beautiful photos using just your phone that will help you capture the details of the world you want to translate into your art. You spend the afternoon poking around the antique store and craft store looking for new ideas and old magazine images to use in your art. Oh, and you score some amazing deals on new art supplies. Then you meander back to the beautiful historic home you're all sharing, which is just one block away from the quaint little downtown full of inspiration and cheerful locals. You have dinner on the deck and you watch the sunset. Before bed, you play games and you laugh so much your stomach hurts. Then you head to bed, read a book, and go to sleep only to wake up and do it all again tomorrow. This could be your real life if you want to join us for the Radiant Art Retreat. Spots are available now if you'd like to take a week to connect with your creativity, get some rest, and have an adventure, and make some new crafty friends. If you visit lauren-likes.com retreat, you can reserve your space for an incredibly beautiful week full of making art in Florala, Alabama, October 16th through 20th. Again, that site is lauren-likes.com slash retreat. I would love to see you there to live out this real life fantasy world with me for a week. Welcome to How She Creates. Today's episode is going to be a really fun one. You guys asked me so many questions about what it's like to live overseas and um, all of this fun stuff that comes with being an expat and maybe not all the fun stuff. Um, and today I am talking with Denise from Taking Route. 
which is an incredible online community for expats. And so I'm really excited to introduce you guys to her and so you can learn more about um, what it's like to live overseas and creating community. And I think even though um, you guys may not be overseas and you know moving to a new country and having to find a brand new community, expats are professionals at finding and creating community. And so I love having Denise here today to talk to all of us about how we can infuse our life with more community and intentional friendship today. So I hope this is a really helpful and um, really fun conversation for you guys to listen to today. So Denise, thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Lauren, for having me. I'm excited to come and talk about community. I'm really passionate about it. Yeah, it's it's such an important topic. Will you give us a little introduction to yourself so we know more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Denise James, and I live in Indonesia, in Southeast Asia, with my husband and six children, um, ages 12 to 3. So I am just in the throes of motherhood. I'm from, originally from the U.S., or at least that's what my passport says. I My dad was in the military, and so I was born in Germany, and we did several tours in Europe. And so kind of having community around me and that always changing has kind of been my life, my life um, story. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you, you grew up all over. Yeah, um, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So where would you say your family is from then? That for me is a really um, hard question. And so when people say, where are you from? I would say Georgia, because that's where my dad retired at. And it's where my parents live and um, where I met my husband in the Atlanta area. So that's what I claim as home. Um, but I now I'm starting to hit where I've lived in Indonesia longer than I lived in Georgia. So, you know, home is just, I guess, where I pay my bills. (laughs) (laughs) That is a perfect answer. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny because, you know, we still use a Georgia address for the States too, but we've been overseas longer than we were in Georgia too. So (laughs) I, I have the same struggle. It's so complicated. It, yeah, it is. It is very hard. And I always freeze when people ask me. I'm like, uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I think I'm from here. But I mean, I'm also from there. Yeah, yes. It, it's a confusing, hard question for people like us. Yes. It um, is. So how did you guys get to Indonesia? What what brought you there? Well, my husband's job is is the short story. And um, we've moved a little bit around Indonesia. And so now we live on the island of Sumatra and we do um, tour and travel, have a tour and travel business. Um, but it's kind of more teaching. He's taught overseas. I've always, since I was younger, I've always loved living abroad. And I'm one of those people who, when I'm somewhere for too long, I start to get kind of restless. So when I met my husband and he kind of was like on board with that type of lifestyle. We just looked for a good fit. And here we are 10 years later. Wow, that's really cool. So does that mean that you guys can move more with the business? Or are you settled there? I think we're pretty settled here right now, mainly because well, it can always change. I mean, expat life is always changing. Um, But yeah, I think we're pretty settled right now. We live in in a city of about 
800,000, but we live kind of a little bit ways out and we have the beach a mile away from us and the mountains a mile away from us. And it's just a laid back island lifestyle and our kids feel really comfortable here. And so I think we'll be here a little bit longer, but who knows? You could talk to me next year and I could be moving somewhere else. Oh, I know. I was telling someone the other day that every year around this time, we have to ask the question, are we going to live here again next year or not? <laughs> every year. we Literally every single year, we have to ask that question. It's a crazy. It's a crazy way to live your life. But hey, I think I we spent a year, um, a couple of years ago in the States, and I lived in the suburb Atlanta life. And I just was bored. I was really bored. <laughs> so I just know that for right now, living abroad, even though there's that, it can be complicated and it can be stressful. It's just it's just where we're at right now and where we're happy at. Struggles and all. Frustrations yeah. and all. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about that. Um, tell me how the Taking Route community came to be. Okay. Well, I lived in a hub city. Um kind of to explain what that is. That's like one of the main cities, say, in a country where there usually is a lot of business and a lot of expats, um, other people who speak English. And so I lived there for about four years in a hub city in, in Indonesia. And my husband um, transferred to teach for a university that was away from a hub city. And so um, I we moved there and there were other English speakers in our city, but they were all in their they were in England or America, wherever they're from. And so it went for like, I, it was like three months, three to six months where I didn't talk like face to face with another English speaker. And I am a extrovert, like off the charts extrovert. And yes, I can speak the local language, but it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same when you come from a different culture. And when I want to try to explain like my heart, it's harder, more difficult. And so I was just chatting. I was actually on a Facebook chat with um, two of my friends who one lived in the hub city and another one who lived in Malaysia or something. I think that's where she lived at the time. She's moved since then. And we're just like chatting about blogs and should we start something? What did we want to do? And just came this idea that, man, if I am lonely, if I am struggling, as much as I want to live in Indonesia, as much as i believe I'm where I'm supposed to be. If I'm struggling, then there's got to be other people out there struggling too. blog and start an online community for people like us, um, people who live outside of their passport country. Mostly, I mean, we're not going to say we're exclusively, you know, if you're a guy and you want to follow us, that's fine. But, you know, talk about the things that we don't necessarily have um, the understanding of our friends in the U.S. about, you know, like immigration, visas, raising children in cultures of their own, all these things that we um, we have every day. Let's, let's try to make a space for that. And so that's kind of how Taking Root um, was born, just through that Facebook conversation. And uh, the other girl, she's like, I, I don't have time for this, y'all. I'm out. So she left. <laughs> she's still our good friend, and it was just left with me. And I'd probably say my best friend, Alicia. Um, and we, yeah, we just started. We started, you know, not knowing anything about blogging, nothing really about Instagram. It was like back in the day when the filters were like, how do you filter this? What is a filter? And you did all the weird filters, not knowing what the best way was to do it. But we started and uh, that's kind of how we were born. I love 
the community space that you've created so much because when we were in kind of training for the first time we were leaving to come overseas, um, we were told that, you know, expats go deep fast. Yes. You know, we know that we're here for a limited amount of time we ha- and we need people immediately. So we make friends really quickly um, and really intentionally. But I think that that is not, it's not something that only expats want. It's what a lot of people are looking for, but they don't know how to dive in as fast and as deep as, as those of us who, who've had this experience of traveling and moving, moving constantly have to have. Um, and so the space that you guys have created at Taking Route is one of the most intentional communities I have seen on Instagram. I mean, just, just the tiny portion of, of it that is Instagram. You know, you guys are having these really important and deep and meaningful conversations. And first of all, you choose amazing people who are writing for you guys and working for you. I mean, you guys are like slam dunking all of those. (laughs) Um, But it's, you're right. Like you're getting immediately past the like, what's your favorite hobby into how do you teach your kids about what's appropriate personal space when you come from a different culture and this new culture doesn't respect the same personal space rules as you do? Um, you know, those are big, hard conversations that, that we want to be having, um, but it's hard to find a place for that. So I really respect what you guys are doing. And it's, it's made a huge difference for me as an expat to see other people um, not struggling, but, you know, kind of to get that like me too sense of like, oh yeah, like I struggle with that too. Or, you know, that's such a great, great idea that they're sharing. You know, recently on a post, you guys had someone talking about um, struggling with gratitude Mm -hmm. for where they live. And I was like, that's exactly the place I'm in right now. Like I'm, I'm exactly there. Um, So it's been just a, such a big resource for me. And I've made so many amazing friends through 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 you guys through finding them there <laughs> that's so great I think that's true it's we all no matter where you live have a desire to be known and to know people like that is just innate in us that we have a desire for to be understood and I think you know sometimes we can feel shame about the ways that we feel for instance okay I live on a tropical island or someone lives in Europe, you know, and they get to stare at like the Eiffel Tower or go to the Louvre. And and it it can feel like sometimes like no one understands when you have a hard day. And when my husband and I um, did some counseling, um, we're big proponents of counseling. Um, we talked a lot about bright siding things, like how we bright side things by when someone's having a bad day or if something's frustrating, we have a tendency to be well, look at how beautiful it is outside. And that doesn't take away from the struggles that you're having. And I think that as humans, that can that can happen. And to create a space where we can be heard, that we can talk about the struggles, not be bright-sided and be felt silly for feeling things, but then to be um, 
also in a kind way to be turned towards the things that we are grateful. And so that's kind of the space that we have tried to create. And I'm so thankful that you said that. It's so encouraging to hear you um, that what we have created is doing what we wanted to do. And that is a safe place to be able to talk, but also a place to be encouraged. Okay, let's talk about our frustrations. Let's talk about our stresses, but then let's not stay there. Let's not sit in them. Let's move towards the things that we're grateful for and um, work towards that. And so I think that that's, yeah, I'm just excited to um, to see that happening. You know, when you create as creatives, you know, you have a desire to see something. And when you see it happen, it's just really like fulfilling and just very, just encouraging to think of, wow, wow, look at this space that that's been created. So. So can you share some of your kind of tips or ideas of how you're creating that really intentional space? Um, You know, how can we kind of apply that in our lives and our relationships that we have wherever we are? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I've been learning just personally over the past few years is um, about, I said, mentioned earlier, like having a safe space and trying to find people that are safe. Um, Not everyone, one thing that I've learned, like you said earlier about how expats, we go deep and we go fast into relationships. And sometimes you can go deep and fast into a relationship with someone that maybe isn't that trustworthy or in a space that just is filled with jealousy or who knows, you know, there's lots of things. So just um, not being scared to go deep, but also being wise with who you go deep with and how you go deep with um, is one, one of the things that I think is important and finding your people like, it's just really important to find your people. It doesn't have to be like 18 people. It doesn't have to be a huge group, but finding someone that you have age or anything like that, but someone that has the same values as you has. I think that that's really important for building community and just being willing to put yourself out there and be willing to fail. I mean, being willing that not every person is going to want to be your close friend. Not every person is going to want to have community with you, but just to be willing to go in and to be willing to be vulnerable and um, wise at the same time. That's one thing. And I just say, try, try again. I mean, I think that that's one of the things that I learn a lot from women is we desire community, but then Sometimes we can have like some hurts or some things that didn't work out, or we could feel that people won't really accept us um, for who we are, if they really get to know us, or maybe you don't have time, um, that kind of thing that, yeah, I think it's just important to try again, even if it didn't work. Try again. Try with another person, another group. Just keep willing to look until you find your people. That is such wise advice. You know, when we moved here, we met some people and, you know, it's kind of that like mob mentality of like, we all came in at the same time. So we all like kind of got thrown together and it was just assumed that these were our friends. Um, but then as I got to know them, I was like, these are not my people. But I like <laughs> kept going to events and I kept being there and kept coming home and thinking, I don't like them. I don't like this. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, but I didn't know what to do. And finally I talked to one of my girlfriends and she was like, you don't have to be friends with them, Lauren. Quit going. Um, 
you know, and I did. And it was, I was like, you know, I think I'd rather sometimes be alone than be with people I don't like. Yes. Um, it's true. But you got to yeah. go. You got to go see if they are your people. And it's not like you toss them out and are like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. But if they don't have shared values, if you're, if they're not there in the relationship for the same things as you, then you don't have to stay in it. You know, just keep looking. <laughs> they're exactly. there. Exactly. You know, and, and the interesting thing about that was, um, you know, I kind of like took some, took a step back and then one of the girls, you know, reached out to me a couple more times and I was like, you know, okay, like I should, I should, you know, give her another chance. And we ended up getting really, really close. Um, but it was, you know, maybe just not the right time, not the group setting was definitely not something I enjoyed with that, that group. I enjoyed kind of people more individually. Um, and I just think that's so interesting. Um, you know, we kind of are, we live in a bubble, you know, we call it the fishbowl here that we're all together all the time. We live together. We work together. We, you know, do all the events and stuff together. And so you, you have to kind of figure out who is, who is safe within that. And so I really appreciated your, your, um, your suggestions for that. So how do you, when, when you meet someone new that you want to get to know, what are your kind of like friendship steps? What do you do? Well, first I try not to freak him out with my eagerness because I'm yeah. over-the-top over extrovert. Me and too. So uh, it's like, what are you doing? Do you want to come to my house? I have a funny story that um, during that time where I didn't see any other English speakers when I first moved to the new city, which I live now, I was in this little mall and I saw this other lady and she had her kids and she was American or Western and her husband and she was culturally appropriate. So we get a lot of like Australian, like beach people that come through our city, you know, like people that come with our business, but they're not, they don't live here. And so they look different. They just look different. And I'm like, gosh, she looks like she lives here. And so like, I literally walked around following this family because it was just so odd to see them until finally I got the nerve to go up to her here in the mall at a bread talk, which is this like bakery place. And I was like, do you live here? And she didn't actually, um, she didn't live here. She was, um, lived nine hours away and they had just come in, um, from the mountains. They live in a small mountain town. They had just come in and they didn't know anyone in the city really. And they were just coming to kind of like relax and go to the mall. And so, but what that started was, uh, just my, just being willing to be rejected. Like, she could have looked at me like I was some crazy person because, I mean, I did just like, you know, follow her around in a mall for a good 30 minutes before getting the nerve to talk to her. But um, so I just really just put myself out there and I just, you know, started started a conversation. And <clears throat> they actually ended up going back to the U.S., which, you know, is always what happens. People always come and go. But it led us to the people that they lived near that and we have come super close and so they come every nine hours they drive nine hours to come spend the week with us our family because they don't live with any other English speakers um, where they live and so yeah I think that would just be my first the first thing that I do is I say hi I know that seems so silly you pick up the phone you call you go up to them and you invite them and so I invited them to come over to our house and meet my family. And so I invited them over, having an open home and just being willing not to um, have to put anything, uh, have to not 
have to make a grand, you know, table for guests, but just willing to have this family in who I didn't know enter a home to just hang out, have, you know, just keep it simple, simple and just see where it leads. Um, and so I'm a big game person. So I always like to play games with people, invite them over for a meal. I think having a shared meal with people just, it just always is a good way to see if the relationship is going to turn into a community type relationship or if it's just going to be acquaintance and maybe it's just an acquaintance and that's okay too. I mean, your time spent with other people encouraging them is never going to be thrown away. It's always time well spent trying to invest in people. And so just, uh, being willing to just start to be the one who starts would be my advice. Oh, amen. That, that is so, so true. I mean, can't you think of times in your life when someone reached out to you and was really kind and it was really kind of out of nowhere, but you appreciated it so, so much, you know, people want to be invited. They want to be loved and they want that, that, offer a friendship just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are so nervous, especially as adults. It is yes. so weird as adults to make new friends. It is hard to make friends like that real good, you know, like when I was single mm-hmm. and yes. I had that group of friends and we were just like, you know, each other's bridesmaids and, but then we all dispersed and we all moved to different places of the world and it's hard to get together and to get that type close relationships like that again. It's weird and hard. You're so right. It is, but you know, but it's what people want. Like that's truly what they what they want, you know, and you know, I was telling you about my friend Amy who I met through Instagram in Korea, you know, and she and I, she's one of my very best friends in the whole world now, and it just took her reaching out and being like, "Hey, do you want to be friends?" And I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes, I want to be friends." <laughs> you know, like oh, it's and, you know, one of my best friends in college always tells the story. They were like, Lauren just walked up to me in college and was like, we're going to be friends now, okay? <laughs> um, and, <me>. like, <laughs> 15 years later, here we are. Like, that's – it's so scary because you're right. Like, you will be rejected um, for sure by someone. Um, and that never feels good. And everyone's scared of it, even the extroverts with the outgoing personalities. We're scared of being rejected too. No one likes to be rejected. Um, it's just – part of life. Yeah. Rejection. It really is. And it's, you know, it's some, it's interesting because online I can be like, Oh, whatever. They didn't answer my, you know, direct message or they didn't respond to my comment. And it still is hurtful. I do get, I will say that, you know, but here, like we, we, this has been the hardest place we've ever had to find community. Um, and there was, like I said, a group of people that we came in with and we all started hanging out and then all of a sudden they were still hanging out, but no, I was not invited. And I was like, oh, wow, that was okay. B- hadn't been here since like middle school, but. Right. Um, but yeah, and so it's just, I don't know, it's just, just comes with the territory of being vulnerable and wanting to find community. Um, and it's okay. It's perfectly fine. It happens. One of my personal favorite ways to be creative is to take my phone, turn on my favorite music or podcast, and go for a walk. I will look for inspiration everywhere around me, take photos, and then come back and turn it into art. But what is really annoying is when I get all tangled up and I'm tethered to my phone through my headphones. 
I have switched to wireless headphones with Studio, and now I am able to go out and explore and use my phone and crawl around and do weird stuff and take pictures with my phone, even though I'm in public and I don't care what people people think. Um, but it is so nice to be able to use my new Tove headphones because they're tiny little earbuds, you guys, and they're so beautiful and adorable. And they have got this amazing carrying case that gives them a six day charge. I love using them so much and they allow me to go out and explore and get creative and not have to worry about being tethered to my phone. You guys can grab your own pair of studio headphones today using the code HSC15 at studio.com and then you can join me by getting out and exploring the world and turning it into art. Visit studio.com and use the code HSC15. Yeah. I also always say that um, shared experiences are what bond us. Yes. You know, so like you were saying, having them over for a meal, going out to a picnic, going to a community event, having something to be like, oh, remember that time we did that thing? Um, bonds you so much faster. Um, it's, it's like the, you need something to do with your hands kind of thing when you're nervous yeah. and meeting people. So the more you can create something happening to, to make the conversation flow easier and kind of be a little distracting. I think it, it makes a lot of difference and helps when you're meeting new people. Yeah. And I would also say too, is don't look for people who are just like you. I think I had a tendency, um, before I moved overseas, all my friends were like me, came from the same experience, same faith, same, you know, we got married all around the same time, but overseas, sometimes you just don't have the luxury of making friends with people who are like you. Um, and that has been one of the biggest blessings in my life is being open to people who are in different stages of life, people who are single, people who are um, empty nesters, people. I mean, it's just been such a blessing. And so that would be another tip that I would have is that just look for people in places that you normally wouldn't look. And maybe you don't have anything in common besides your values, but they can add so much and enrich your life so much and you can enrich theirs too. I mean, we have grandparents overseas for our kids that send them gifts in the mail, you know, just because we've allowed them and they've allowed us to be part of their lives. It's been really rich. Oh, exactly. And I think that's a great tip for people, no matter where you are. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. Life is so much more interesting when you're friends with weirdos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you realize you're the weirdo and it's like, yeah, that's yep. okay. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're, we're people's weird, like American friends, you know, we're, they're like, we're inviting our American friends over to show our, you know, whatever normal people. Um, and we're totally fine with it. It's yeah. I, I love it. And I, I mean, the weirdos in like the kindest, best way. In the, in the best um, way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So what would you say for someone who is living in their same hometown that they've mm -hmm. always lived in and they are struggling to find and build a community, um, what would you suggest for them? Um, I would just suggest to open up your home. First, I would maybe make an evaluation. What is it that I'm spending my time doing? Who am I spending my time 
with. Don't necessarily throw those relationships away, but try to think about how can I be intentional in these relationships to make them go deeper so that we can have more of a life-on-life type of experience. And if if it turns out that um, you're not able to with that people or you don't know anyone, then just start inviting people over. Just start trying to widen widen your horizon, widen the age group you're looking for, widen the ethnic group that you're looking in, and just start inviting lots of people over um, for dinner or for just to come over for the afternoon to hang out or to meet for coffee. Um, I'm always having people over because I have all those kids and it's harder for me to go out, but, you know, just trying to keep an open, open door and just see what, see what happens, see what comes to the surface. Um, Also, for me, one of our big things is that it's just finding a, people that have the same values. For us, that would be in a local church. And so if you're not involved in a local church, that probably would be one of my first places that I would go. Um, and just uh, try to get involved with what things are things are happening, community events or things that you're interested in. I don't know, just start expanding. Just expand, expand, expand until someone comes your way and then try to go deep. It's easier said than done. (laughs) It is. It is. But that is the perfect, perfect example. Um, You know, we always, we ascribe our lives to the saying, you know, we need a longer table, not a higher fence. Yes. Um, And we are just all about inviting more people in, like however that looks and whatever we need to do to make that happen. We are, we are here for that. Yeah, definitely. And it does. And it enriches our life so much. Would you say that taking a route is only for expats? I know my answer, but I want to hear yours. I would definitely say no. I love, and we have people that follow us that aren't, um, that don't live overseas. I just love that it can give you a broader sense of the world. It can give you a broader view of what motherhood or womanhood or living overseas is like. And so I feel like it's just a, a, a fun place to hang out. And to learn and to ask questions, like I would love it, and I love it when people do ask questions. So I'm thinking about leaving, moving overseas, or how does this work for you? Like on some of our comments, people asking questions about what life is like, and I just love it. Maybe it's because deep down inside, I want everyone to move overseas, and so I'm hoping that I'll like hook people, and then they'll come become expats too, <laughs> experience the world. Yes, yes, I think <laughs> the same thing. Um, it's yes, that's the one thing when people ask me, like, you know, life advice or whatever, and I'm just like, travel, go do, you know, like be somewhere else. Um, yeah, I think I love following accounts like this who are different to me. Um, even if it's not something that I may want to do for myself, right. or maybe it is something I'm interested in, I love to get that new perspective. And I think one of the cool things that taking route does is kind of challenges cultural. Yes. The standards, mm-hmm. you know, because we're talking about, um, so I had a friend, you know, get pregnant in Korea and she was like, I'm so happy to be having my baby here. She's like, <laughs> because, you know, in America, you have to have all this stuff to have a baby. You know, you need like 10,000, like, you know, cribs and play mats and bouncers and like saucer things and high chairs and different, you know, types. And she was like, in here? People just kind of have like a crib and that's it. Like what else? They don't need anything else. Um, 
And that's like a cultural standard that we have set in America that you have to have 80,000 contraptions for your infant. Um, and, and maybe that, that's what you want. So I'm not like judging anyone, but I think it's so interesting to follow people who are living in a different culture and living a different lifestyle because you get to challenge your own cultural beliefs and see, oh, I really don't need this. Or maybe I do need that thing. Or, you know, we could do this differently and it would still give our child a great childhood or give me a great life. Um, I love being able to, to kind of see how different people are living in different parts of the world. I think it's also so important, especially in today's culture and today's, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, in the environment. I think it's very important in the environment that we have, especially in the U.S., of a lot of fear and people not understanding other faiths or other countries. Mm. It's like you can look, you can go and you can follow me on Instagram and you can see what it's like to live on an island that every single one of my neighbors is Muslim and to know that it's like a joy and there is no fear and it's just mm-hmm. something we love. And so it can be just one of those building, breaking down the boundaries just to expand your, um, expand your worldview. It can just really bring healing, I think, and understanding, which I mean, that's what we need. Yes, I completely agree. We also live in a Muslim country. Um, and, and we do, we love it and we love the people here and it has really, truly changed our, our hearts towards people of other faiths. Um, mm-hmm. and just in ways I never, never knew. And, you know, it's something we laugh about here. Um, you know, and I don't know how well it translates. Um, but the Bin Laden group is, um, our like local contractors. And so. <laughs> We, there are signs for Bin Laden everywhere. And the other day there was a sign that said, um, Bin Laden apologizes to you for your inconveniences (laughs) because they were renovating the sidewalk (laughs) and we couldn't walk on the sidewalk. Well, we have, we had a, another, the guy who lives right across the street from us, he doesn't live there anymore, but he probably had like three different shirts. And one of them was like a Bin Laden shirt, but he always had like, he, I, one of my pictures of me is us coming home and him just like standing, holding his two-year-old daughter with his Bin Laden shirt on, smiling and waving at us. <laughs> Welcome home. Oh, right. it's like, oh, love it. Just yep. love it. <laughs> I know. You can't, you guys, you can't get this stuff anywhere else. Like, you can't, you gotta go, you gotta leave home. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh man. So I, okay. I think people who are in friendships and who are great at building community are very, very creative because you have to get creative to meet new people and figure out things to do with them and how to connect with them. Um, and it makes you, and it makes you more creative to have all these new different people's ideas coming into your life. Yes. So tell us what living a creative lifestyle looks like for you. Yeah, I would say that I never realized until a couple years ago when I started taking the blog um, that morphed into lots more that I was a creative person. I think I always thought that I didn't have that in me. But now that I look back, I think, well, first of all, all people are creative. Maybe it doesn't look the way like maybe people aren't painting landscapes, but there is a desire to create for all of us. And for me, I... 
I love to create collaboration. Like that is one of my favorite things is having a team of writers and having like a, a team of people and like, like even just getting on like a WhatsApp group. That's like this overseas thing. I don't think people in the US use WhatsApp, but just being able to like share ideas and share responses, encourage people to, um, with their creative ideas is one of the things that, um, yeah, I just love so much. Um, I didn't realize that I actually liked writing. I mean, here I am, I'll be 40 in just a month. And it was just not until a couple of years ago that I realized that I like to write and I like to communicate and I like to get my ideas out like in a, like in a form through podcasting and through, you know, writing. And so it's never too late. If you don't ever think you're a creator, just, you know, start somewhere. And so, um, yeah, I think I forget the question. What was the question? <laughs> Sorry. I don't think yeah. I answered your question. Tell That's me perfect. We're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Uh, what does living a creative lifestyle okay, okay. look like? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And now that I realize that I actually am a creative person and that creating things is important to me, it looks different for me just in the stage of life. Like physically, I have a very demanding home life. I have six kids. I homeschool. um, And so I don't have a lot of time like to, you know, spend hours reading or going to coffee shops. And so I use my fringe hours. I'm a fringe hour person that early in the morning, during nap times, late in the evening, like when all the kids are in bed, it's a time that I really can get on with my, um, with the, my, um, taking root partner, Alicia, and we just will talk and like swap ideas and look over each other's pieces and that sort of stuff. So mainly I'm a fringe, fringe hour creator, (laughs) So people always ask me, how do you get all of it done? Like, how can you run a blog and run a podcast and have six kids and homeschool? It's just like little by little, just little by little. That's what it looks like for me. Yeah, I love that. And so many of my listeners are are the same way. Um, I'm looking for those fringe hours to get get those fun, personal passion project type things done. Um, And I, again, cannot compliment your, your, your writing and just all of the writing on taking route. It is, it inspires me to be such a better writer because I, it speaks to me because it's so story based. Um, but it is, it is fantastic. Like you guys really have to go read, read their stuff. Please do. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So what is your favorite resource for creativity? Well, um, one of my favorite resources is actually a lady and she has a podcast called Elise Gets Crafty. And she also is a blogger. Well, she doesn't blog much anymore, but she's on Instagram as at Elise Joy. And she just like is like creative businesswoman. And so I have her get to workbook planner that she created for creative people that I just love. And she just is always like, one of her things that has inspired me the most is that you're never going to run out of good ideas. And so she just is like just an inspiration for that. She's always coming up with new things. And so check her out. She's, she's really amazing. Yes. I hope everyone on this pod, listening to this podcast knows who that is. Cause I would also say Elise is like my number one she's mentor who doesn't know that I exist. <laughs> I <know. laughs> one time I was like featured on Instagram, like one of my planners and it was like the upswing of my life. <laughs> so funny yes Yes. oh I love it um okay so what is new with you what can we be looking out for you this episode will come out maybe in July I think okay so what are we doing in July 
what are we doing in July? I'm traveling to Vietnam and Thailand, so there isn't um, that much going on as far as um, it's going to be kind of like a quiet um, month for us. But something new that we just um, kind of revamped is um, the Traveling Academy. It's an Instagram account. And what it is, it's everyone who's educating their kids outside their passport country. So it's people who homeschool outside of their passport country. They do international school, local school, combination, kids learning different languages. It's just all about our kids. And so we've kind of gathered a group of, there's 10 of us that kind of like collaborate to run that account. And so every day it's a different person sharing a different perspective. And so that's something that we just started up, I think, last month. And it's been a lot of fun and really exciting. And one of those accounts, like um, you mentioned earlier, that isn't just for people who live overseas, but it's also for anyone who just wants to see, man, this is like just a different way of living life and seeing our kids thrive and seeing their ups and their downs. It's, it's a lot of fun. We're also podcasting. We're going to trying to revamp our podcast. We had to take some time off because our editor moved to Europe and from Asia. And that's been kind of some transition, <laughs> some transition time for her, but we're going to start our podcast again soon. It's just all things about living overseas. Um, and yeah, and just, we have a new writers. Um, we just um, brought on six new writers for the blog. And so even though I'm going to be traveling, there's a lot going on. So we're really excited. Collaboration, it's my favorite thing. Oh, mine too. I love it so much. It's so much better when we're with others. Yes. Um, I, I, I love that when you're talking about the Traveling Academy, just, just about how community is formed in so many different ways you know, around specific topics and, you know, you're, you're able to, to school your kids better because you have these people helping yes. you and sharing ideas. And, um, it's just another perfect example of, of a type of community. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us, Denise, this has been really, really fun and interesting. And I hope people are, have walked away, you know, with a renewed sense of encouragement and excitement to go out and build a community um, for themselves, wherever they are, however that might look for them. Um, we'll have links to everything for Denise and for taking route um, in the show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. And of course, you can sign up for the newsletter and get everything at lauren-likes.com slash newsletter. Um, and so I hope you guys will go follow Taking Route. That's the first thing that you need to do right now. Um, it's follow them on Instagram. It's kind of like their gateway. Then you can get into everything else. But we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Um, Denise, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It was, it was a pleasure. pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. Well, you guys have a great week. And we'll see you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to know more about the show, please visit lauren-likes.com slash podcast and be sure to sign up for the newsletter to know when new episodes are out and to stay up to date with all of the crafty creative happenings around here. If you would take a moment to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be so helpful to let me know what you thought of the show and share with all your friends on Instagram by tagging me at Lauren Likes Blog and using the hashtag HowSheCreates. Until next week, I hope you get curious and go explore something. <laughs>